Hello, and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe Diverge. And I'm Chris Atfield. It's funny that you mentioned that it is the 30th episode for us, um, and this is yes. probably the first episode that I don't have an alcoholic beverage next to me, because my body is an absolute <laughs> shambles right now. Um, I'm sure that you can relate. It, you know, after most of us a- got like two hours of sleep last night after, after a tailgate, and yeah. It was quite a weekend, Chris. It definitely, I you know, just having the always a long weekend, you're always a little more prone to uh, to having a few drinks. And it was a good tailgating day yesterday. It was. It was. And of course, we are definitely talking about the fact that you know Louisville played its very first football game yesterday against Notre Dame, a game that they unfortunately fell in 35 to 17 to the fighting Irish. But Chris, as a fan, you know, we're going to talk like in depth for sure about this game. But, you know, before we really get started as a fan, what what was your takeaway, your feeling, your emotions, uh, you know, throughout the game, walking out of the game? You know, what, what was your kind of your your fan review of how of how things went down? Uh, I mean, I, I think you kind of alluded to it perfectly. Um, there was after going through the first drive and seeing Notre Dame just kind of waltz to the end zone on, I think right. it was a four, four or five play drive, um, and seeing that, uh-oh, a moment, we're going to get boat race again, and I'm going to be leaving at halftime. Um, having that happen again and then responding the way Lowell responded – with not one unanswered or with two unanswered scores, actually, um, that was just. It sounds so like corny, and you know, it's so fan of us to say, but we are fans, so we're gonna say these things. Um, but it, it was it was just such an emotional moment to like be like, this is a competent football team. Yeah. Um, it, it, for me, it was just like, damn, this is this is just a good feeling to just go crazy, and it felt like a release for for that whole stadium. Absolutely, and that's and that's the the tweet I think you were referring to, where I, I kind of just said, you know, I've never felt more catharsis in a sporting venue than that first drive, and yeah. you know, as you mentioned it, just like the the ability to just methodically move down that drive to score that touchdown you know and to just run in and i, I you know i tweeted out a picture from uh you know william caldwell who who takes pictures for the crunch zone and he had this really great shot of of uh the 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 touchdown being scored and just all the fans just screaming right like we had just won the football game but it just wasn't it wasn't that at all it was just the the total release the total freeing like okay we're we we are on our way back like yeah Yeah, it's not back but it's it's we're on our way for sure and it didn't really compare to anything that happened like during the basketball season because Louisville never reached those type of lows. While, while right. there was, you know, there was hopelessness around the Louisville program. I don't think we ever found ourselves in the position that we viewed Louisville basketball the same way we viewed Louisville football. There was right. complete hopelessness. I mean, you talked about it. I mean, we were both in that boat. But I remember a tweet from you last year about, see y'all, I'm going to Huber's. Like, for a game day, just that, that total of, like, alienation from the season and just – I don't know. I've never. I don't think I've ever felt that way as a fan. Like I felt about last season. I didn't feel that way during the Cragthorpe Bear. Um, it, it was. It was a different. It was more of an anger during that. During that period, I think. And then this mm-hmm. was just a little bit of indifference. And I, I think that's even a little worse. 
Um, yeah, so like, no question. Uh, like you said, to have that moment was just—I don't think I'll, I'll feel that again um, for a sporting event. The way it, the way it kind of felt last night. No, absolutely. There's no. It, it, it's weird. To, it's weird to like say that about an 18 point loss. Uh, but you know, <laughs> no, it just was something really different. No, I, I, I don't think you're. I don't think you're crazy at all. Yeah, it's. I, I felt the same way, and I, I think every fan is is a lot of fans would kind of be. Um, in that same vein and it's you know just the whole day and I, I didn't get to go to the I didn't get to go to the card march but it sounded like it was people was told great. me some of the some of the best car, one of the best card marches they'd ever been to or some people saying the best one they've ever been to and it, it the atmosphere the entire time you know it, it felt like it felt like a top 25 matchup. Yeah. It felt like we were, you know, we were here to see a, a moment, a, a landmark in the history of this football program. And, you know, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think when Charlie started or when Bobby started their, their reigns, it, it was that much kind of a, a following and, and, and people there to, to be there for the team, you know? Yeah, I mean it. It was unique, um, uh, um, for sure. I like, like I said, I don't know that I'll that I'll ever experience anything like that the way it was. I mean, it, we were joking about it on Twitter, but it was so loud in there most of the time. We spent you know an off season talking about third down music, and I don't think anyone ever figured out what it was because <laughs> it was so loud on third downs it last night. So nuts, which is the first half, which is. Which is saying something, but we can get the show started. Yeah, um, let's get the, we, we'll we get can, the show started. We can started dig into and, some analysis. I, I know some people come here sometimes for different things other than sports. This is going to be a sports-heavy show, obviously. Um, so, you know, if you want something else, come back next week, and we'll, we'll definitely have some takes because there's some stuff I, I want to talk about for sure. Um, definitely. So, yeah. But we're, we're sticking to sports this week, but it's, it's, it's a good thing in, in some ways. It's definitely We've got stuff to talk about. We made it. We made it to football. Uh, but we'll get this started, Chris. Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. Louisville is the greatest. And we're back. Chris, ready to talk in depth about <laughs> Louisville's loss that you know I'm, I'm not I even you know Satterfield said it in the in a video that was tweeted out I don't know if you saw it Chris a Louisville football video um that was kind of the post-game speech inside the locker room that Satterfield gave to the team and he's like I don't believe in moral victories and it's funny I think this is like a season where you kind of need a few moral victories you yeah, need to look I, good I, against I do the believe team. in moral victories yeah. after Bobby Petrino comes to your program and did what he did I last think, year and I think to a degree you know you know there were things that went wrong and we're going to talk about them but to to just be able to compete to find ourselves on the same level of a top 10 team of a team that just came off you know being in the college football playoff that felt like a moral victory to me and that felt like a good foundational moment for this football team and you know i know you 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 wanted to to start this off talking about you know sort of what satterfield said in the post game so i mean yeah i mean I, i did think there were like from from some of the analysis i've heard of the game i listened to a lot today um because i was totally useless at work obviously given you know you know the long <laughs> weekends so, so basically that's what i did and I, I i think there was a little bit of a 
an urge to pull something different from from the common narrative of this game. So I, I think some people did that, and there there is some things to talk about. I thought the, you know, I thought the decision to go for a field goal up up two touchdowns or down two t- touchdowns rather um, to make it twenty eight seventeen. I did not like that decision at all. That was something that was kind of eye opening to me. Um, the the way after getting the fumble back um, going into the half, it seemed like Notre Dame was probably content to go into the locker room um, yeah. tied. I uh, that that was a little bit questionable. That was less egregious than the, for me than the field goal. It could go one away. But <laughs> it, 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 as far as it relates to kind of what he said after the game, I, I think the the common like notion that surrounded this this team for most of the offseason has been um, the wide receiver core and the depth of the wide receiver core and how you've depth I said death, um, but how, how they, they feel that it is the most complete in the, in the best offensive group and probably best group on the team, offensively and defensively. Yes. Um, and my, my thing is, last night, you know, Satterfield said that he was asked about Jawan Pass specifically a few times early on in the press conference. And he talked about how he thought Jawan was making the right reads and he was pretty satisfied. But my question is, you know, if you have these talented wide receivers and you think Jawan is making the, the right reads, and I just feel like it can't be both ways. Like, that's that's obviously a good secondary. But we talked about it last week, that quote that, that Satterfield said, you know, guys are going to be open, Jawan has to make plays. So you're saying that you you know you're generally satisfied with how he played most of the night. He made the right reads. You thought for I mean I think he even quantified it by saying 95 percent of the game he thought he made the right reads. My, so my question is why was there never really a big threat, big home run play at any point through the passing game? I thought there was some great creativity, getting Tutu involved, getting uh, you know the the wide sweeps, um, things like that was awesome. But the biggest question mark. Obviously, that we're, we're going to go through the entire season is quarterback's your biggest question mark. It's your biggest issue. We're going to talk about playing Lee Cunningham. But it's even more magnified when you have this dilemma at wide receivers. If you think they are the most talented group, then I feel like they have to get open and, and they, they need to show it. No, oh, absolutely. And I, said, I, I said a lot there. but <laughs> You said a lot there, but I, I think I – think the biggest kind of criticism, I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, focusing on quarterback play is important. That is a huge question, question mark for this football team. I think Juwan Pass, I'm not I'm not quite sure. I, I'm trying to say this in a real way. I, someone asked me about Juwan Pass, you know, kind of in the middle of the game. And this is kind of, you know, in the throes of him making mistakes sort of in the third quarter and, and after those fumbles. And, you know, I, I kind of made the illusion, well, maybe the the quarterback we need is not on this team. And I don't know if I'd go as far to say that. That kind of felt like an in-a-moment frustration type of thing. I just think Notre Dame, that in that third quarter, when Notre Dame really tightened the bolts, that really showed, like, why they are a top 10 team to me. And, you know, I don't know if they'll be top 10 for long. I think they're going to think that's a team that probably goes in and loses at Georgia. That's just a brutal game. Yeah, and I, I think I think Georgia handles them pretty good. Yeah, I think Georgia reason. handles them pretty good, and they're going to have a few tough games throughout the rest of the season. But I think that this, you know, they them being able to make the adjustments and then Louisville kind of didn't make their adjustment, and that kind of led to – the issues in the second half and a lot of them are you know I, I think a lot of passes Juwan Pass kind of missed uh, you know kind of mistakes he made on that front where passes it looked to me like he was throwing at 
a receiver as opposed to in space. Mm-hmm. And I do want to point out that, I mean, Notre Dame's pass defense was eighth in the country in advanced metrics and the S&P advanced metrics. Like they, they that's what they did really well last year. They were able to t- tighten the bolts there. And I don't know if that was something that Satterfield kind of schemed for at the beginning of the game where he was like, OK, we're going to run. We're going to do, you know, exotic run looks and we're going to do interesting tap passes because that seemed to Seems have like worked. they targeted their linebackers a lot and made they them did. make plays in space. They definitely did. They And that's, you know, up the middle, especially Notre Dame and, and some of those spirals. Those are the guys who got drafted last year. Those are the guys that, that they, they right. had a little bit of a question mark at. So that was really smart game planning. By Satterfield, but I, but that doesn't change that. I think the difference between this team, the probably the difference between this team being a, a three four win team and maybe a six win team, is Jawan Pass. Oh and yeah, is, is is quarterback play and is finding someone that you know they're they're just gonna make the, the adjustments necessary to make Jawan Pass or Malik Cunningham or Evan Conley whoever beat you with their arm because they know now yes. that, that that that's what needs to be done so it, it's it's going to take some adjustment but i do think that satterfield saying kind of oh you know i trust Jawan was i mean you even kind of saw in that second half Jawan pass almost kind of getting a little down on himself you could kind of tell he was a little that that comfort he had in the first half leading this team down the the you know the down the the field twice that felt that felt like the leadership that we were waiting for out of that kid, and then he sort of lost it a little bit in that second half when they had made the adjustments. So I kind of understand Satterfield maybe kind of you know patting him on the back and be like, yeah, he made good decisions. You know, don't get too down on yourself. Yeah, and I mean that, that that's what what I'm trying to decipher here because for most of the offseason, I, I believe Scott Satterfield. I thought he was very blunt. That's one of the biggest differences yeah. that we had from going from Lloyd Petrino, who said nothing in a press conference besides absolute coach speak most of the. time time so when i hear you know those words uh, from someone like satterfield who i've trusted in the past I, I do take a little bit more credence into it if it was bobby petrino saying it, if it was rick petino saying it if it was any of those guys saying it you can you could easily just you know blow it off yeah but it, it does make you think a little bit more because i i don't think it can be that it can't be both right it can't be that these wide receivers are, are the most talented group on the team and Jawan made the right reads all night. They they just didn't get open. Uh, those, no, those, you're right. Those two things don't 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 mesh. Yeah, I mean, and, and you have a guy. You know, Des Fitzpatrick was a guy who was highlighted in the ESPN. You know, the ACC All Access show. One catch, and I think he it, one catch. I think he was targeted twice. Part of that, I think, part of that is is going to be defense. I mean, I I think you know playing against a. a you know, playing against a Boston College, playing against a Wake Forest and NC State, maybe he's able to to play better to that talent level. I mean, you're playing a really talented team in the secondary in Notre Dame, so maybe that that's part to do with it. I do think Juwan Pass, you know, he wasn't able to 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 throw the ball into space, which kind of hurt. And yeah, no, but you're right. The big play wasn't there on pass. It, it was uh, in, in the passing game, not on Juwan Pass. I mean, he didn't make the big play. Yeah, um, I, I mean, mean the like, biggest the biggest passing yeah. play kind of swing they took was that trick play, right? Yeah, that, like, that, that was, was the, the one the, moment the, the, where they the threw one the ball. Where, yeah, that was the one moment where they threw the ball, and I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah, and that should have been a touchdown. It basically almost was, but yeah. Yeah, and I mean, for it's going to be a weird situation, I think, because. 
a lot of people are going to want to see you know two two breakout. They're gonna. I feel like yeah. this is going to be a prevailing theme most of the season. Get the ball to two two more. Get the ball to Des Fitzpatrick most. But you know Scott Satterfield wants to run the ball. Um, that's what right. he did at App State. That's what he did last night. They had great success. That was the biggest eye-opening thing for me is how effective that offensive line was. Didn't even look like the same team. We're going to talk a lot about the defense. I know that got the line share of the love, but my Lord, I don't think the offensive line story was not played enough because that, I agree. That they, they were phenomenal. Um, they, they were great. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I thought looking at the offense last night that, that you you looked at it and you said, my goodness, if you had Malik Cunningham in this offense, this could almost be a different story. Maybe Louisville's a little bit closer. Maybe they're even in it more than they were last night. But at, but at yeah. the same time, I don't think Malik Cunningham responds to his defense getting thrashed with 1,400 inch points. I, I don't think he responds with the same demeanor. Maybe he does. That's a, that's a fun thing of, of, of the what if game that we can play around and see, but I don't know. I, I I don't think that Satterfield sounded like a guy who was wavering on on who he started at quarterback, or you know, I, I don't know if it even mattered because I don't Malik may not be fully healthy, but I, he didn't sound like a guy who was going to play the flip flop game um, back and forth. Yeah, and I sincerely hope he doesn't. Just to be honest, just because I, I think I think. Yes, pass is a redshirt junior, but I do feel like in a lot of ways he is just starting from square one because he didn't have a quarterback coach yeah. last year. It's a lot like the guys who, you know, they had David Padgett and they missed the season of coaching. It might, it might as well have been the same thing. Like they, right. they, they missed a year of their development because they didn't have an elite type coach. Um, obviously, you know, Padgett did a great job, I think, with the shoes he's in, but this is another story. But um, of course. that that's kind of what the, the same thing is for me. That's the way I view it. No, absolutely. And, you know, Juwan passed 12 of 12 27 for 134 yards, QBR 41. That's not great. That's not great. But that's, you know, Ian Book wasn't that much better. You know, 14 <laughs> to 23, 193 yards, uh, 76.8 QBR rating. So. I didn't imagine I that I would be having a discussion with someone on Twitter about Ian Book v. Terry Wilson the next day, but that, <laughs> but that happened too. So there was that. Oh, man. That's, I, yeah. I, I'm curious, like, when we're going to get – we can kind of move a little bit away from the Jawan stuff and, and just talk a little bit about more what we think of going forward. But I, I mentioned it before the show that when Louisville beat North Carolina in basketball, um, and we had that, uh, you know – that, that podcast right after the game and we were a little bit speechless for most of it because we talked about how every the, the, the whole evaluation of this team you know being a borderline tournament team the the way yeah. we viewed them it all had to be changed um, it, it became a lot more critical of Chris Mack we had to view them in a little bit of a different light because you right. saw the ceiling so I, I, I'm interested you know if Louisville goes out and takes care of business against Eastern and Western and Western lost this week to um, I think it was College of I can't remember who it was it was it was Arkansas State. Arkansas. Right? I was going to say College of Charleston, um, but uh, it was FCS. Yeah. Yes, it was an FCS school. So I think that's a, that's a more you know winnable game in Nashville. Um, a little bit something you have to worry about less. They go out and take care of business, and then suddenly you go in that Florida State game, and, and you think they can win that game, which I, I think they're going to have a, as good as a chance as anyone to win that game because I, I think Florida State is a mess 
if you want some entertainment, go over to the uh, the, the warchant.com and check out those message boards because your boy Willie Taggart is catching some. Heat. I love I love the I don't remember who it was, but I saw a quote from I think it was from their OC. I think it was Bryles's kid, right? Who said yeah. who said we weren't successful on first and second down, and I'm like oh, so you're a bad football team? <laughs> no, no, it made, he said that it made them more predictable on on third down because they weren't successful on first and second down yeah and it, he's he also said i think willie taggart i didn't i couldn't find the actual quote i saw the headline about blaming dehydration of your of your team and i'm like bro like you guys you guys practice in the in the florida heat all all summer uh, you, yeah boy, that's not a, you that's got not guys coming from Boise guy. that where it doesn't get over 60 like come on but but like you said um I think I'm interested to see if we get to a point where the expe- expectations change. I don't know if they're going to change, you know, drastically because I had Louisville at a three-win team and maybe I have them at a four or five-win team, a borderline bowl team. I can't go there just yet. I need to see more. You're but, not with Herbie on that. You're not. You're not. You're not willing to expand. Herbie I, was just out there throwing a fire take like in the middle of the game. There, he also said that he if said you, a lot. Apparently, <laughs> I haven't watched the game. I haven't gone and rewatched. I watched some of the. Uh, just some of the highlights, like an extended highlight reel. But man, apparently, I, I saw several people just talking about Herbie. Just, just he said something about Louisville. if you don't, if you have to work the next day, then then don't come to the game because the fans are leaving early. Which so, is so if you're a member of like ninety nine percent of of this country, if you're a member of the the ninety nine percent of the working laborers in this country, then don't go to football games. Billy Reed also said that the that the headphones at the card march were disrespectful, and I about flew out of my seat when I heard that. That was oh, awesome, man. But yeah, oh, man, man. I, I back to what we were saying. Um, the, I, do you think that there's there's going to come a time when? It, Florida State withstanding loser, win or lose, I, I I don't know. But is there a moment in this season after last night that you can see that we get to a point where expectations change, where an 18-point loss isn't necessarily a moral victory that's not against Clemson if it's about anybody else on the local schedule? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's gonna. It's, I think we're gonna have to. I don't know. I, I've been kind of going back and forth about, you know, is this are these next two games like? Do they really mean anything? Oh, I, I sort think of they had mean a lot. Feared it. I, mean, I don't I, know. I, I, how much I, do you glean from it? Like, how much? I, I'm not. I'm not trying to change the subject here. But if Louisville goes in and beats EKU, who you know isn't very good, if they go and they beat him. You know, forty-two to seven or spread, fourteen spread to twenty-three. It would be more than they did last year. Yeah, no, but last year was last year. I, yeah. I, I just, I, I, my point here is, I don't think whooping EKU by thirty points means they can go to Tallahassee and win. Yeah. That's like sort of my point, and and I've had a few discussions with people, and that's that's kind of my my thought process here. I, Even though they beat I, I, a Valpo team, I think any any time a team coming off a two win season can display that they can you know handle a team with ease, that means something. Whether That's it's fair. a it's a FCS team, I, FCS team, if it's Western Kentucky, if it's you know whoever, I do think it means something. Ask Tennessee about playing Georgia State, um, yeah. and and how how that goes down. But I like I I'm with you. I get what you're saying. We're not going to really know. We're going to learn a lot about Louisville. You know, when they go to Florida State, we're also going to – that's when Notre Dame plays Georgia. So that week is yeah. going to be a, a tell us a lot about you know not only did. 
that that game, but this game, how we how we view this game in hindsight. So yeah, I yeah. Mean, but to answer your question, I mean, I, I do think that Florida State game is going to kind of be where I can rehash kind of if if they're three and one there, it's hard for me to believe that they won't have a bowl game. You know, uh, the, I mean, the, the hype train for a bowl game, you, you go to Tallahassee and win. It's, it's going to be. Absolutely and let's just right. say, I mean, let's also <laughs> say Boston College lost this weekend. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry. They won, but it was it was it was hard fought. Right. It was going to. Yeah. I mean, VT's good. It was but, against, you know. it was at Virginia Tech. Yes. Yes, I mean that, that that's a good win. I who was it that that loss? I was like, oh man, they lost. Pittsburgh I, lost to Virginia. Um, Louisville doesn't play Pittsburgh, but that Virginia win to me was very impressive because nothing about Pittsburgh is impressive to me. I do not respect them. I know they won the Coastal last year. At yeah, seven and seven. I don't care. Um, I, there were some Virginia fans that I saw that there were a few media members that that somehow valid validated Virginia as like you know a preseason darling. I didn't really understand that, but nevertheless, there are, but but there there are winnable games on the schedule that seem a lot more winnable now than they did 24 hours, and I, and I think that's what happened last night. If we view it that way, then I, I'm sure that the the confidence of this team and the the players view it you know that way to the max. And that's that's what Louisville earned last night. That that's extremely valuable, absolutely. more so than anything else. They they absolutely you know you you mentioned that, and we probably could have talked about that at the top. But that's like I think that was one of my biggest takeaways is is they earned the opportunity to to have some belief and have some trust. I was really you know I kind of compared. It was really interesting to compare everything that I saw last night to what I saw on the All Access show. Um, that came out and one thing that really stood out to me was when I don't remember who mentioned it I think it was past who mentioned oh you know we saw that the coaches were being really cool when they came in in February but then we were like ah by the time that it's camp they're gonna be like they're gonna be terrible again we we, we didn't think that's like was the real identity and I was like god damn (laughs) that's bananas and that's holy crap that's terrible and it just you know seeing the team out there like totally bought in like that was, man. That's that, that felt so good, and that it, it, they earned the trust of this, of of this team, uh, of this fan base. I think you'll have a good, you know, a good crowd against EKU. I wouldn't be surprised if a few fans went in and looked. Hey, WKU in Nashville. Why not? Mm-hmm. Let's go check that out. And the one thing that we did mention about the FSU game is right after that comes a bye week. Right. So. It's a they great, can, great time for a bye week, too. Great time for a bye week. So even if they go in, and I think it's a close loss to FSU, they have the time to regroup before they get into BC, Atwake, Clemson, and UVA. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 one one random kind of aside before we move on to the next topic. Um, how uneasy do you think Kentucky fans got watching that, <laughs> that game? I don't know, man. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> as a person who knows a few UK Notre Dame fans, I don't I think, kind of I don't think Kentucky fans like as much as they talk about it on Twitter, they do not show it in the attendance of the uh, of the, the football <laughs> games that, you know, the Toledo game was I, I saw some of the tennis features. I don't think they they've been able to like get used to this position of, of being a good football team and being a football team with expectations. So I, I, I don't even know if they've truly like accepted the fact that they should beat Louisville in football this year. So I don't I don't know if like they, they felt uneasy or, or what. Like uh, that's an interesting question. It hasn't something I've really been thought I haven't really thought about. Um 
I definitely know they were watching. I definitely know they were very quick to point out the the fans leaving the game early, which that's honestly that's not even the discussion I really wanted to get into. I mentioned the Kurt <laughs> the Kurt comments because that I, I just think it's the goofiest thing to to tell someone how to live their life on a Monday when they have kids. It's different if it's a, if it's Saturday and you make a commitment to come to like a four o'clock game, but it, it's Monday. People got jobs. Um, yeah, I'm not the, I'm not gonna entertain that because that just. And I, I even saw some people like concerned trolling, like like die, like diehard Louisville fans just being like, "Hey, uh, I I do this, and I stayed until the, I didn't get home until two a.m. Dude, you okay? Congratulations on being well, the top five percent of fans. Like, yeah, com- congrats on being in the top five percent of fans, bro. Like, that's that's <laughs> that's that's cool. Like, no, yeah, that's I'm completely fine with that. That doesn't mean that everyone has to live up to that expectation. Like, just. It's it's just don't be that way. It's a, it's <laughs> Especially a, it, now as a person a with a child. We, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, like not to be that guy. Just like don't. <laughs> it is something we always. Uh, the the local fan base does that a lot. Like that the, there are parades for people about mm-hmm. being the best fan on Twitter, and maybe it's every fan base. Obviously, mm-hmm. we notice it because we're very you know in depth with the local fan base on Twitter. But that is something that I notice a lot. That there are certainly parades for how good of a fan you are, um, which is which is always a weird thing to me. I wanted to kind of. <laughs> ask you I guess is there just any point that uh, there's been obviously you know a lot of coverage today and a lot of analysts and a a lot of like reactions at the game and we get to react to it late because we're recording this podcast at at, at 11pm because that's the way life works Um, (laughs) but is was there any kind of message that you thought would come out of that game that that wasn't really you know a a big talking point any anything that you, you you were surprised you didn't hear more of yeah, I definitely – I think you mentioned the O-line. The O-line to me, and, and and it's the it's the thing that you notice the most, especially if you were at the game and you watch it on highlights. Mm-hmm. It's It was probably the number one thing I noticed just watching the extended, like, 10-minute highlights was how much push those guys got. And my lord, Makai Becton, jeez Louise. <laughs> and I think the first touchdown was through him. Yeah. And I, I just I was like, my gosh, he really is like he really is a top 10 potential NFL pick. And and you just immediately see what Dwayne Ledford brings to you. And uh, that that I I didn't listen to a whole lot of radio today. I'll, I'll say that. But that's um, I heard a lot more people concerned about Juwan Pass than I did being happy for O-line play, which is very surprising for uh, Louisville fans given how much we've complained about O-line play in the past five years. I, yeah, and I thought I, the I, Ma- I was a little surprised. The Makai Begging thing is really telling because I think he was one of the guys that kind of checked out early last season, to be oh, really? completely honest yeah, yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, he, he kind of had that thing on, on Twitter early in the season about complaining about car march and no one showing up. And there were bursts of emotions that you saw from him and you, yeah. you kind of saw that flip to how you can you can put that emotion towards something positive and how just how much of a beast a guy like this can be um, I, I saw I think it was Cameron Teague of the Courier Journal tweeted out that Louisville hadn't had a 100 yard rusher since 2009 Darius <laughs> Ashley um, and, and then they had one last night um, and, and Javion Hawkins who you know we haven't even mentioned it but he looked apart um, looked patient uh, you know, find find the hose, did everything you wanted a running back to do. Um, 
So yeah, that, Louisville. That, I think Louisville had two hundred. I'm looking now. It's two hundred and forty nine yards they yeah. had, and uh, that's. I think that that was bigger than anything anyone put on Notre Dame last season, if I recall. Seeing. <laughs> yeah. So hey, I mean, I, I know it's been quite a while. I want to say it's Bilal Powell that's been their last thousand yard rusher, and I could yes, be wrong. I believe that's like the famous stat, like yeah. outside of Lamar Jackson, <laughs> the yeah, running so back, the hundred yard rusher or thousand yard rusher running back, and maybe we get that this season, and maybe that's that's the signal of a new era, and maybe that's that's one thing that you look at, and you if you don't want to look at wins and losses, and the expectations never change, and you know they go to Florida State and they they be rather pedestrian throughout most of the season, maybe that's one thing you look at and you say this goal was accomplished. Therefore, I can have confidence. Um, maybe, it's, maybe it's things like that. But I don't know. The the, the Matt Fortuna stuff, um, he, he wrote the great article. Um, yeah, definitely want to recommend the Matt Fortuna article on, on The Athletic. If you're a, a subscriber, if you're not, I think they're having a really good sale right now. I think I think um, some of the, that article may actually be um, – it may not be that one, but they, they are allowing like a few of them to be free just so you guys can see like, you know, how, how good their stuff is. We, uh, we talked about the newsletter. Um, I think it was the previous one about they had the, uh, Doug Collins getting how with Doug Collins and, uh, <laughs> getting oh, stoned yeah. with Doug Collins and, and doing the interview. Uh, from, it was, from the that guy, was pretty hilarious. From the Definitely guy at Bay. That, that was, that was good. And that's, you guys, you know, you should you should subscribe to the Athletic. Cause I'm going a long way to say that, but yes, subscribe to the Athletic. Subscribe to our newsletter as well. Yeah, I mention that. <laughs> um, absolutely, and I, we'll, we'll be some of the stuff that we write in the newsletter. We're actually going to talk a little bit more on the podcast. I hope we get to that point because Gabe had a really good you know column last week about how. People in the in the Highlands are concerned about <laughs> crime that doesn't really exist. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about some of these we'll things in the, the future. <laughs> um, but no, Matt Fortuna mentioned um, that you know a few years ago when Louisville played Purdue and they were they were a twenty three point favorite and you know Purdue held Louisville to probably that the, they took him to the brink in that game. I believe it was a one position game for, for most of the game. And he covered it per, from a Purdue perspective. And he talked about how uh, on ESPN 680, he talked about how it, it was such a weird vibe in that locker room because you had a group of guys that were pissed off that they didn't win, but they were so damn fired up to get back on the field right. and go win and were excited. And he likened it to the Purdue locker room after that Louisville game, that team that went on, that, that team that year, you know, they had the, the, the Vegas over-under prediction of two wins and they went to win seven games. Um, and he, he likened the, the confidence and the, and the vibrato and, and things like that to the locker room of Louisville last night. And that just gives you all types of good feels. So... I, yeah, I, I just, gonna, want, to I, I just want to read this little sentence from, from the articles. I think I think it was good. Um, Louisville fans do not need any rehashing of how things unfolded for, from there, uh, referring to the, the final season with, uh, with, um, with Lamar, uh, for Brahm or for their program. But let's just say after this night, those who took the over on Louisville on the cards' 2019 win total of three and a half have to feel a little more optimistic as the Louisville locker room felt when it was all said and done. Yeah. And it just, it's, you know, we, we talk about the topic we've been talking about. It. Just that sense of optimism is, you know, 
it's there and it feels good. It just, it feels so good to have running through your bones. And, you know, it, it, it's great to compare that to kind of that Purdue optimism that they had. And, you know, it's funny because one of the first things I had someone text me is like, uh, how long we're going to have Satterfield? Cause if he can do this in one game, then it's not going to, someone's going to come get him. And, and that made me think actually of Brom too. And when they mentioned I that, mean, he, he kind of, <laughs> if you were looking for like a, a great weekend for the, approval rating of Scott Satterfield he had a hell of a weekend because not only did he get you know that performance last night but he also had Charlie Strong and Jeff Brom lose which yep. I think the Jeff, Jeff Brom thing is a bigger story and that gives him more um, uh, bonus points because uh, fair or not whatever reason Jeff Brom and Scott Satterfield are going to be linked to the hip they're going yes. to be compared they're going at to be least contrasted. in this community at yeah. least in this community for sure so uh, having that happen and then following that up with you know playing Notre Dame the way you did was was just the the, the perfect weekend for the uh, like I said the approval rating of Scott Satterfield so do, do you have anything else on the football front that we didn't really get to and I, no, I, I don't really want to beat it into your head that we're just so damn happy. Um, and just, just to have. I did, I did want to talk a little bit about the defense because I just think it's, you know, the fact that they weren't like they didn't do anything really, really dumb. Just yeah. felt great. <laughs> like there wasn't just dudes running like wide open, just going like lighting us up for 72 yards. I absolutely love that's where the bar is. People are lined up in positions so and that's great. What the biggest play, I think the biggest play was on like that third and I think it was like third and 15, third and 16. Yeah. That book kind of like scrambled for like 30 yards or something just kind of, and it was, that was like a really big third down but I think they ended up stopping him a few uh, a few plays after that they had three straight uh, stops last night yeah, I mean, it, it, it was crazy. It was it, to do that for a top ten against top ten team. That was great, and 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 I've been the one who's kind of really been worried about the defense. I, I I've been really concerned, especially um, at at secondary. It seems like Kane Pass ended up re-entering the game, or he was doing all right. Yeah, um, and I, after you could tell after he got hurt, the Notre Dame immediately targeted him, and I think it was like two the guy who replaced him, and it was like two completions. Like, oh no, and, and that'll be the biggest thing from you know outside of Jawan Pass is just overall how how these guys in the two the twos and the threes step up um, and are able to if Lil was over to, able to overcome some tiredness throughout the game or you know injuries yeah. that pop up because I mean Satterfield's talked a lot about how he spoke with confidence um, uh, about his throat first string um, and I think he likes those guys I think his concern is you know after those guys um, absolutely I, I I absolutely – watching that ACC special, I absolutely love Brian Brown. I just like his demeanor. Yes. I think he is the perfect guy for this defense. He's a young guy. He's a relatable guy. He's got a lot of energy. He seems like a guy that is willing to take on the task of going through the very basics to to build these guys up and starting from the ground up, and that's exactly what it's going to take. I mean – uh, Keith Wynn, Wynn pointed it out uh, on Twitter how a lot of these guys weren't necessarily in the coverage that they were in at App State. They were playing off. And I think that just kind of shows you that that he knows the limitations and that's just the way they're going to have to do it. They're not going to be able to play this press coverage in your face defense because there are limitations there. These guys are starting from the bottom up. Um, and they were able to do that last night and still look very respectable. 35 points scored. Um, not the greatest, but, you know, three sacks last night. They had all of 11 last year, um, which to me yep. is just like, Jesus. 
Um, there was a stat that I think it was Eric Crawford had, but I can't really remember it. Um, but it, it, it was one about the defense that was really impressive. And there were a lot of those things last night. Um, yeah, here's one. Here's one. I'm just kind of pouring through some of the tweets I'd say. Uh, this was from Crawford. Uh, Louisville stopped Notre Dame without a it. score on eight drives Monday night. In its final four games last season, it stopped opponents opponent drives without a score only 14 times in total. So it, just over games, like man. Like, if you don't it, want to be sold on Scott Satterfield after last night, that's fine. I, I think you should be. But, <laughs> but if you need to be sold on Brian Brown after that, I, I I I think at least you need to be sold on like culture as yeah. like an idea. And I I tweeted this. I I was really bored with the word culture. You know, the, after the first hundred times that people were mentioning it and kind of uh, adjacentness to this team, uh, but it's not bullshit. It, it's not bullshit, and and these guys have bought in. And uh, the, the the between the game and the special, I, I definitely understand where they're coming from and what they're trying to do. And man, it's it's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like like I said, the biggest. It's kind of a little bit off topic, but the biggest like your coaching question I had for Scott Satterfield last night was was the decision to kick the field goal. To me, when they were down 28-14 to 14, to make it, you know, an 11-point game, to me in that position, fourth and three, fourth and four, you go for it. Um, but I, I, I can understand kind of having scared legs from from the way that, that Juwan Pass was handling the ball. He had three fumbles. I thought it was interesting that um, Satterfield mentioned that he doesn't think he fumbled once in spring camp. And then Puma kind of said that happened a few times in spring camp. <laughs> I think that's that's an example of what you alluded in the beginning of, you know, maybe Scott Satterfield is kind of trying to shield him a little bit from neg- negativity from the media and from even the fan base um, because he knows how, you know, for the moment that, that, that confidence can be a little fragile until we get a little bit deeper into the season. So that was a weird thing I picked up on. But... Yeah, the, I mean the one. The one I, I, I kind of, I'm okay with the, the field goal kick because I do wonder if Satterfield kind of felt at that point they were going to lose and wanted to get Craigie some shots. You know, he wanted to get that Vegas line in. He had he, had he wanted one, to get 19. that. He wanted to get that Vegas line in, and I don't know. I think I mean that was what that was like a fifty yarder, right? Yeah, it was. It was. It was close. Um, so I yeah. think that's like one of those things. It's like, hey, like go get his three points. I mean, he hadn't really Craig. He hadn't really done. You know, he hadn't kicked any field goals. So. Yeah. I don't, I don't. I don't hate it. I get why. Why it's not like analytically the play, but I almost wonder if that's like kind of laying the groundwork for things things down the line i don't know yeah it definitely wasn't the all-out let's win this game play mm-hmm. but i don't know if he needed to do that if that makes any sense yeah. so yeah i think that's about i think that's about it football wise but we wanted to kind of talk about the other event that went on uh yesterday on labor day a uh, the second annual labor day or like first football i think like the first football game of the year um like open gym pickup games mm-hmm. at, at, at the at the mini um I think it's called like the Kluber Center now. Yeah, I always just call it the mini um, but <laughs> the mini um as as I as I've always called it, um, and it seems like the headline, Chris, which is great for us 
the unofficial <laughs> number one Darius Perry podcast uh, is that Darius Perry looked really good apparently yeah. in these in these pickup games. I, I saw it, you know, from Daniel Lerner's report, from the CJ, from Jeff Greer's report, from Demling's report uh, that Darius Perry quote assertive. And uh, that it looked like he looked, you know, I'm going to read from Greer here. In general, looked quicker, stronger, more confident, instinctively shot gaps and scrambled for steals. Again, in pickup. <laughs> but, it, it, it seems like a uh, pickup game decisions. would be the, the perfect situation for Darius Perry. I would say he yes, needs to look good fair. in a pickup game. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, but uh, I'm all for it. Any Literally any quote that you get that's a positive Darius Perry quote, I would be throwing in your face. I, I mentioned it before the show that we're going to have to, you know, work through some of this stuff that we get on Darius Perry because I think mobile fans are coming around to the idea of Darius Perry being the most important player on this team. And I think they're coming around to the idea of him maybe being a point guard at times. Um, yeah in this season so I, I think they know how important Darius is to the team so I think they're going to be putting a lot of positive stuff out there to kind of speak that into existence even if it isn't like I mean I'm not going to say it's outright not true or anything like that but if it's you know if it's a 7 and they immediately want to make it a 10 um, uh, so it's great um, I, I thought it was that the, my biggest takeaway was that you were able to get some recruits playing and, and run um, just in those games. And you, yeah. you, you had them seeing, you know, I saw the video from Daniel Lerner of, of the guys just waiting in line to, to go into the, 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 the mini. Um, um, it definitely. Cool. Feel, yeah, it's definitely a really cool kind of way to. It's a good idea. Yeah, those those recruits had a good day. I I I, I tweet about it. <laughs> I tweeted about the the headline. I think it was it was from Demling from two two four seven or uh, uh, what it, Cardinal Authority is is what that that site's called. And uh, <laughs> it, it was uh, recruits. The atmosphere was quote lit, and I was just like, "Who cares about what we did on the scoreboard? It was a W last night. It's a win, yeah." Because <laughs> the recruits said it was lit, and that's we got it, man. That's all that matters. <laughs> but it, yeah, definitely those kids had a good time, you know, playing pickup basketball. I'm sure they 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 got there just in time to see the game pop off, see the crowd get super hyped, and like, wow, they're you know, this is football which you know basketball is quote the bigger sport here right. that's immediately uh, so. what i thought if this is football my goodness what are they gonna be doing for basketball exactly um, exactly the, the, the biggest heartbreaker of the weekend for me was just seeing bryson tiller take a photo of logic and post it on instagram that absolutely <laughs> shredded me man uh, it's it's, no it's not good. a good look not a good look not a good look it is what it is it's it but congrats to bryson who apparently is having a child it's all oh yeah Com- complex okay. tweeted that out so good good to good, good for that for him. <laughs> anything else before we wrap this up chris i mean i don't i don't think i have anything else um you know we're we're, we're still on the uh the the matt jones watch um <laughs> he's extended I, his, our watch has been extended <laughs> for two more three more months <laughs> he there was something that i saw that involved him but i think i'll just save it later that um Something along the lines of sports gambling that I, I think we could talk about, but I'll say that. Um, okay, we'll say so that yeah, for another he'll time. He'll be in. I'm um, sure there'll be something else. Uh, yeah, he'll be in Meade County, I think, this week, and you know, yeah, he's, he is. Uh, he has started his uh, Matt Jones KSR 120 
visiting every county for his book thing, yeah. his tour. Yeah. So, so we'll see. That. We'll see how that goes. There's that. It is. It is worth <laughs> noting that he did say. Uh, that, uh, we said we, I wasn't really going to say anything about Jones, but it was worth noting that he said um, for. I guess he was trying to find a spot in Meade County, and he said that he didn't really care if there was a crowd or not. He just wanted a place to record the radio show, which I thought was weird. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, that's, that, that's really all I have. Um, <laughs> You know, vote for us in the in the Leo. Uh, if it make sure we yes, mention vote that. for us in the Leo. I'll post that link again, and uh, already already there's pretty pretty good links today that I added to the uh, to the draft for our our uh, this this week's newsletter. So be on the lookout for that Friday. We'll send that sometime Friday, like we we have the past two weeks. It'll be super dope. Yeah, I think that wraps it up. That about wraps it up, guys. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed this Labor Day weekend as much as we did. And go Cards. We'll see you next time.